ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Monster 8, the pilot podcast hosted by me, Brandon. It is Sunday, so we're going to go over the five songs of the week. We're going to go over some shows I watched, and we're going to go over just life in general, I guess. Um, I am still a little sick from the COVID, but I'm feeling much better. Fever broke, I think, Friday. Probably not too long after that last episode, the special episode released. Uh, I think I broke the fever. Um... Yeah, still kind of a little congested. Throat's a little sore here or there. If you're watching the video version, you got to watch me drink peach juice straight from the bottle. That's one, like, or straight from the uh, carton or whatever they want to call that thing, the jug. That's the one, like, big upside of living alone is that you can drink from any carton you want. You don't need a glass. You know, get a whole gallon of orange juice, you drink straight from that bitch. <laughs> I've got my hat on backwards today. Watched the Woodstock thing on Netflix last night, so I'm feeling extra douchey. Got to get my hat on backwards. I've got no sleeves. I've got, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm fucking ready, mother. Yeah. <laughs> God, that, that thing was, uh, I thought it was better than the HBO uh, Woodstock that came out last, uh, this thing like last year. There was a Woodstock documentary by HBO Max. Um, I think this one was a little bit better. They were able to go a little bit more in depth because I think, if I'm thinking correctly, the HBO Max was just like a documentary, so it was, it was like uh, maybe two hours at the most. This was three episodes. Um, the only thing I thought was odd was that they kind of just completely... They didn't really dig in deep on like the, the, the sexual violence that was going on at that festival. Because like, the HBO Max one went pretty deep into that. The HBO Max was a little bit more of a... Uh, examination of the 90s culture, especially the end of the 90s, kind of how, like, it rebelled so much against the early 90s, which much, a little bit more hippie-ish, it was like more peace and love, you know, how the bands were, they're much more defensive, or not defensive, well, God, I don't even know what I'm talking about yet, um, they were much more inclusive, they were watching out for each other, whereas the late 90s, once you get into like the harder music, stuff like that, it was much more of a fuck you motherfucker type vibe, all the music. HBO Max went definitely more into how the culture was. This one looked more into just the failures of the the festival in general, and then also just the greed involved and why it failed was mostly because of greed. You know, they didn't give a shit about as long as it made money. And, you know, maybe that was a great precursor for the end of the millennium and how basically this millennium has started, which is that's all it ever matters is what's the bottom line. We don't care about the actual consumer as long as they continue to buy. We don't give a shit. Which, as a consumer, means you still have the power to change things by just not buying it, man. Especially when it comes to entertainment stuff. Like, if you think it's shit, stop buying tickets for it. If you think, like, I'm, like I said, I don't watch the Marvel movies. Um, I have nothing against them. But if they just put out dud after dud after dud and everybody just hated them, but yet every single one continuously broke records, that'd be your fault that they suck. Because you're not showing them they suck by not going anymore. But, you know, we have a thing in society where we don't want to be uh, excluded from anything, so we have to be a part of it. And not, let me tell you, being alone is great. <laughs> oh, shit. What is it? Um, I'm available on Stitcher, Amazon, Radio Public, Google, Apple, Anchor. I think that was everything. I'm also available video form on Spotify. Uh, the opening song this week was 65 Nickels by PQ, PQ, PQ. Good guys out of Toronto making wonderful music all the time. Good for them. Watched them open for the Hold Steady a couple months back. Oh, man. Getting over COVID, man. You're going to hear me sniff. I hate I hate the sound of that. So, 
I'm sorry to anybody else who feels the same way as I do, but living it has been pretty rough. Um, just I'm feeling better a little bit overall. I'm still a little chilly. Um, I have the air conditioner blast, but I'm also covered in a blanket. Um, but at the same time, I feel like if I turn that off, I'm going to be roasting in no time. I need to turn this fucking hat around. I look so goddamn douchey. <laughs> got my big Boston Bruins hat on. Yeah. Good sports weekend for me. I got to watch a whole bunch of the footy yesterday. Woke up. Well, I got to watch the Crystal Palace Arsenal game. Arsenal looked pretty good. Um, Crystal Palace didn't look that bad, really. Uh, then woke up early, 7.30 in the morning, to watch Liverpool. And Jesus Christ, they did not reward me at all. They played awful. That was one of the worst performances I have ever seen Liverpool. Like, since we kind of really came into our own, what, 2018, 19? That might be the worst performance I've ever seen from us. We were horrible. That looked like a late season. We've just played three, like, this is game five of in 12 days or something like that. You know, just one of those where we've just had a hectic schedule. Did not look like a first game of the season type of legs out there. A little worrisome, but at the same time, first game of the year. Looks, I think Manchester City should be wrapping up the West Ham game now. I know they're up 2-0. Um, yeah, a little worrisome. Especially when we've lost two leagues by one point, uh, two league titles by a single point. You know, any drop point can matter, but at the same time, Fulham looked up for it. Um, if they could play that way all season, they should stay up no problem, but the problem is they only have like 16, 17 guys. They cannot play that way unless they just decide to not give a shit about the Cups and literally just try to play the 38 game season of uh, the Premier League. That'd be their only chance. They got to get no injuries. But Darwin looked great. Nunez, he looked he looked outstanding. He just he just he's tenacious. He looks like he is hungry to score every time the ball comes near him. You know, he got a goal, a little flick, a little fortunate because like the guy went to clear it and kind of click, like flicked off uh, Darwin's foot and into the goal. But I mean, he was going for it. And he almost scored the same exact way a few minutes before that. Then he set up the assist uh, for Mo. Mo scored like a six straight opening season <laughs> or opening game of the season. The guy's unreal, unreal. If he scores another few, then I'll be Muslim too, man. Yeah. Then <laughs> uh, after that, I got to watch uh, Nottingham Forest Newcastle. I was just happy to see Nottingham Forest back in the Premier League. Um, even though I'd never seen him in the Premier League before, I just know they were a big club, two European Cups, all that fun stuff. They did not play well at all. Newcastle absolutely bossed them. And uh, if Nottingham Forest might be in for a long year. They look completely disjointed. They look like they there was no sim. There's not symmetry. There was no connection between like the midfield and the attackers. Uh, why the fuck did they sign Jesse Lingard? That guy sucks. Like he was just a passenger. He would just like point where he wanted the ball, but there was like no movement. He would just shuffle feet around in like a little area. That's all he. Yeah, garbage, garbage player. He's always been a garbage player. He had that great half season at West Ham, but I watched watched uh, Papis Demba Cisse for Newcastle score like. 13 goals in 14 games. So, like, there are half-season wonders, and that's what he was. Jesse Lingard's trash. And I think they're paying him $200,000 a week, or 200,000 pounds. Let me get the uh, <laughs> the semantics correct. Would that be semantics? Or would that be vocabulary? Who gives a shit? Then I watched the Everton-Chelsea uh, game. Odd game. Uh, ben Godfrey, I think, broke his ankle. It looked pretty gross. Um, it was one of those when the replay's coming up, like, I don't think we're going to want to see this, because the way he reacted on the ground, and you kind of see him slide, and you can tell, like, his foot's kind of cut underneath him, not good. Um, so, you know, hopefully he, not that bad, everything's clean, or whatever happens, and 
he's back within before the end of the year. You know, even if he is Everton, I don't want to see that. Chelsea did not look great though. I mean, they scored because of the injury stoppage time in the first half. And they, but did they score late? No, it ended up being I think a one nil. It was yeah, it was not a good game. It was not very entertaining. It was an odd game. Like I said, they had that injury. There was a fan thing towards the end of the game where like uh, medical units had to rush over to the fans. So hopefully that went well. I haven't I haven't read anything about it. Then it didn't do too much. And then I watched the crew beat New York City FC. Huge win for the crew. Um, I think that's the first win against a team that's ahead of them in the conference all season. 3-2. Um, New York City's both their goals were like major deflections. Cucho got a great goal. Uh, Lucas scored two really good ones. So, you know, good for the crew. Get a good win. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, and then this morning, I watched uh, the second half, because I ended up waking up a little bit later than I intended to, of... Um, shit. The Brentford-Leicester uh, game. Ended up being a really good game. Uh, Leicester went up 2-0 early in the second half, and uh, Brentford fought back, got a 2-2 draw. Uh, Justice Silva scored a great goal. So did Ivan Tony. I like Ivan Tony a lot. Um... And then I watched the last few seconds of Brighton beating Manchester United. Ten Hogs and some. He's already, I don't know if he's not already in trouble. It's ridiculous, but he's in trouble if he, he can't get the signing stuff figured out. He's got to get that shit figured out. They're in big trouble. <laughs> like, yeah. There's just no cohesion in this squad right now. And then I said, I watched the first half of this uh, City West Ham game. Uh, Holland scored a penalty in the first half after Fabianski got hurt. Um,. It's, yeah, and it's one of those, like, that's the thing. Manchester City plays unbelievably great football, but they're so dominant and so much usually better than certain teams in England. It's so fucking boring to watch. It's so boring. They have the ball, like, 70% of the time, and they're just prodding, prodding, prodding with knives, just waiting to just stab and stuff like that. And sometimes it leads to these two nils that are just, like, the most boring fucking games. Like, I'd rather watch Stoke on a rainy Tuesday. <laughs> Nobody knows the fuck I'm talking about right now. It's great. <laughs> Isolate your fan base. Number one rule of coming to have a huge podcast. <laughs> uh, that should be it for Sports Talk. No, but I've enjoyed having a little bit of time off, even though I've been sick. I said I got cleaning done the other day. Cooked myself up uh, some food yesterday. Made myself uh, some gator po'boys. Oh, I got some gator meat from we- uh, Wyland's. Wheelands, I always forget how it's said. I think it's Wyland. We it is, fuck it. Who cares? Wylands. We'll just go with Wylands this episode. Next time I'll talk about them. It'll be Wheelands. Um, I got gator meat from there about a couple, uh, probably about a week ago. Had it in the freezer, thawed it out on Thursday, Saturday. Put some Cajun seasoning on there, a little bit of garlic salt. Mmm, wow, it's the best I ever cooked it. Maybe over seasoned it a little bit, but yeah, threw it on there. Some pickles, some onions, some hot sauce, and oh. Man, it was wonderful. Wonderful. Good job for me. Ah, oh, I do love Gator. I love Gator because I respect Gator. You know what I mean? You know, if you don't have any respect for the animal you're eating, it doesn't taste as good. It's true. That's why if you do eat meat, you should respect the animals, man. Respect them. It tastes much better that way. Having that mutual respect, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> no, man, but like... I'm literally, that's literally eating a dinosaur. Get that shit in your head. You're eating a dinosaur. It's pretty baller. 
<laughs> uh, nah, I cooked it up, man. I haven't been cooking as much lately, and I've had to cook myself the past few days, and been good. I, I forget how much I love cooking. I love to cook, man. You know, like ramen. You know, <laughs> chicken tenders, like Tyson chicken tenders. <laughs> It's not cooking. Uh, nah, like, you know, I, I always love making, like, gator or, um, let's see. What's other my favorite things? I always love, like, cooking, like, seafood. I made, like, this really good catfish one time with, like, Italian dressing and stuff like that on top of it. Lemon pepper. Um, what else did I put on there? I can't even remember anymore. I haven't made it in so long. It was so magnifique. Uh. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus. Like I said, hopefully it's almost past. I'm getting there. Um, where's my notes? No, but that, uh, Woodstock's, uh, documentary on Netflix, really good. Um, as much as I hate corn, it did look absolutely really fucking cool. Whenever, like, the whole, like, the jumping started on their set, they showed. It looks, because, like, uh, I think Jonathan Davis, the singer, was, like, kind of describing, it's, like, it's just, like, this wave as the sound's, like, traveling back towards, like, the back, and it, it is really cool to see. I like that I had that Limp Biscuits fucking manager on there, and he's trying to say that they had no responsibility for it, and, like, fucking Fred Durst is just basically inciting a riot up there. Um, the fucking guy who, not the, not the original guy, I can't remember his name, the actual promoter, like, he came off as out of touch and completely just kind of dim, not dim-witted is the wrong word. He just seemed so out of touch and out of, um, like, just, I don't know, I don't even know how to say it. In the in the HBO Max one that I saw, he's in this one, I'm like, I wonder if he's learned his lesson. No, he came off even more like a fucking nunce, you know? Like, they start talking, they start, like I said, they start talking a little bit about the sexual assault stuff and, like, the rapes that were happening, and motherfuckers like, well, you know, there was 200,000 people there. That's a small city. You'd expect that many in a small city the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you had a festival for three days. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, ugh. 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 Stupid. Stupid. And then, like, everybody else is like, you know, that your first thing is, like, a promoter or a festival organizer is the safety of, like, the, uh, the patrons or the concert goers. Um, I know the HBO Max one went into, like, one of the guys that died of heat exhaustion. I think they're in, like, the Metallica show. They didn't even talk about Metallica on the Netflix one. Weird. Um, I still don't understand why Flea played his fucking show naked. It was pretty fucking stupid. I did not need to see that much of Flea's floppy wiener everywhere. <laughs> uh, and then the chaos that just erupted at the end of it, where they just start destroying everything. It's just a fucking full-on... Like, war zone out there. Ah, Man, it was... That was the 90s. I just remember the lead-up to that and how much press was in it for, like, um, MTV. Like, watching, like, TRL, all that. They made such a big deal about Woodstock. You know, there's, like, some of those things that kind of do storybook. I, I, you know, some people think, like, life is, like, a story or whatever and, you know, perfect endings, blah, blah, blah. Or... Like, it became so big, it was obviously something was going to happen and end up being, like, just an absolute shit show. Ugh. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I did like uh they use the same guy in both uh in both docs about uh he gets in Kurt Loader's face about them playing Backstreet Boys on um uh, on uh MTV all the time. He's like, I'm fucking sick of it, man. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I don't like He's like super aggressive, super mad at like Kurt Loder, who, yeah, he's the one who runs. <laughs> he's just like, he's just, a, he's just a journalist, man. He's just an MTV journalist. And the guy's in his face, in his grill about how they play Backstreet Boys. I'm like, wonder what that guy thinks of MTV today. <laughs> I bet he'd kill to have the Backstreet Boys back on there instead of whatever stupid shore show they have on now. Whatever bad fucking teen drama they have. Hey, let's make, uh, you know, these 16-year-old girls who got pregnant super famous and super wealthy so they don't ever want to take care of the kids because, you know, they were barely mentally capable of taking care of a child already. But now let's give them fame and a little bit of money and see how incapable they are now. I love peach juice. Simply peach. Not the sponsor of this episode, but damn, is it good. The sponsor of the episode is Anchor, so thank you again, Anchor. Oh, I'm all over the place. Oh, I've been watching Lost again. I started rewatching Lost. Got bored on Friday. I said, I know Thursday, I decided to record. Friday, I'm like, you know what? Let's throw on some Lost. Let's rewatch Lost again. So uh, I watched probably the first six episodes Friday. So that's, yeah, that takes me through, yep, took me up to The Moth. Then yesterday I watched uh, The Moth, Confidence Man, Solitary, and All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues. And I know I talked about, I think, the last episode. Uh, All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues is such a wonderful episode of television. Not just television, just, just, just a wonderful piece of, like, whatever you want to call it, like, not cinema. It's not like I hate saying art. It makes me sound like a fucking doofus. Um, but it's so wonderful. It's just such a great episode. And now I'm up to whatever case may be. I'll get through that. And what's that launch into? I'm not quite up to Outlaws. It would be Hearts and Minds or Special. I don't know. I used to know all these episodes. Like, like from the first episode of season one to the end. Knew them all in order. And I don't quite have it anymore because I haven't had like test myself on it. <clears throat> Um, I think it's special than Hearts and Minds. Special being Mike, and then Hearts and Minds being Boone. And then I think we... It's like one thing, like, watching it this time, kind of realizing... I kind of forgot how much of a secondary player Locke is for, like, the first part of the season. Like, you get the big reveal with the wheelchair in episode four. And then he doesn't really do much until all the best Cowboys have daddy issues. Oh, I guess he has that thing with White Rabbit where he finds Jack out in the jungle. And he kind of, you know, and he has a little subplot with Charlie about helping him get off drugs. Um, But they're not, like, overall, like, dominating seasons or anything like that. You kind of know he's always there, he's always present, but he's not interacting all that much. And then all the best Cowboys have daddy issues. You start having that, you know, head-to-head combat with um, Jack about how things should go. Uh, it's such a... God, first season of Lost is just top-notch, A-plus, all the way around, man. Decide to keep watching. Hopefully I'll stay on it. Oh, and I, I missed... I, I, not Was it Raised by Another? Yeah. It's... Yesterday I watched Moth, Solitary... Not... Yeah, Moth, Confidence Man, Solitary, Raised by Another, all the best Cowboys had daddy issues. There we go. I missed an episode in there. I missed the clear episode. Ah. 
wearing hats with your wearing a hat with your headphones is stupid. Oh, uh, I should just take the hat off, but my hair is a disaster. Oh, then I saw a good uh, trailer. Was it yesterday? No, it was the day before. Then I watched it again yesterday. Uh, what's his name? Is it Martin? Yeah, Martin Mc, McDonough. He did In Bruges, which is one of my favorite films ever. He did the three billboards um, film with uh, Francis McNorman, um, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, which is a great film as well. He did Seven Psychopaths, which I watched once. I really enjoyed it, but I, I, you know, I watched it probably closer to a decade ago, so I don't remember that much about it anymore. Um, shut up, phone. Um, but he's got a new film coming out, and it's Colin Farrell and it's Brendan Gleeson, who are both in Bruges as well. In in Bruges, there we go. <laughs> uh, it's called The Banshees of Inisherin, and it looks wonderfully weird. Like, it's all about, like, two best friends, and one of them decides they're just not friends anymore. And it has, like, these crazy consequences. And it looks really odd, but it looks like it's going to be so wonderful. I, I really like Mark McDonough. I love Colin Farrell. I love Brennan Gleeson. Uh, Barry Keegan? 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 Um, is in it as well. He's been in... He, I know he was in uh, Chernobyl. What else has he been in? Um, shit. He was in Dunkirk. There we go. Yeah. I couldn't remember why he was in Dunkirk. Um, he seemed pretty talented. This seems like one that's going to, for me, take him to a next level of, you know, like, I really like this kid, but I haven't seen him in something that's truly, where he's truly great. So, like, you know, maybe this will be the thing that takes him, like, oh, hell yeah. Uh, no, so I'm really excited about the movie. I haven't been that excited about a film in a long time for uh, the Banshees of Anna Sharon. Hopefully I'm saying that Irish shit right. <laughs> Oh, man. Where are we at? Oh, and a quick sad note. Uh, rest in peace to Vin Scully. I loved Vin Scully's voice. He was the long-time play-by-play for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Did a lot of great baseball play-by-play. One of those guys. I think he did the play-by-play for All-Star Baseball 2002, if I'm thinking correctly. And that was one of my favorite baseball games ever. Like a video game on PlayStation 2. Um... Yeah, he was one of those great voices, kind of like Keith Jackson for college football for me. Like one of those that just kind of automatically gives it more stature, more um, majesty about the whole event or whatever when you hear his voice. Uh, so sad loss. I know he's like probably he's 90-ish, 86 to 90 in that range. Long, great life. So, you know, rest in peace, Vince Gully. I, I, you know, see you down the road. But other than that, let's jump into the five songs of the week. I don't have a whole... I thought I had more planned today. But I think... I just cannot think straight with my, you know... Hearing myself sound like this. Um, first song of the day. Where are we at? Uh, I can't remember if I said it the other day or not. But apologies to Hot Water Music. Their bassist. His name is Jason Knight. I thought it was Chris for some reason. I don't know why. And then I had forgotten that the lead singer of the Flatliners, uh, Chris Cresswell, we're getting some good thunder outside, hell yeah. Uh, Chris Cresswell from the Flatliners had joined Hot Water Music. I forgot about that completely. And then uh, I was randomly listening to Hot Water Music, and his voice comes on. I'm like, that's Cresswell from Flatliners. 
And then, like, it hit me in waves. I'm like, because he joined the band five years ago. I was like, shit, how did I forget all that? So then it made me want to listen to the Flatliners. So song number one of the week is from 2017's Inviting Light by the Flatliners. Really cool band from, are they Canadians? Or are they San Franciscans? I think they're Canadians. This song's called Chameleon Skin. I picked this song up in uh, Depths of Depression one time. Uh, it's just not in a good headspace. It's kind of a little bit in a self-pity mood. I don't know why. I can't remember anymore. But I think I fell asleep with headphones on. And, yeah, I fell asleep with my headphones on. And Spotify went in a shuffle. And this song came on. And it woke me up from, like, a nap. And I was like, oh, shit. What is this? And then I had, I didn't, I, like, it was one of those where it just got in my head earwormed me and then I listen to it all the time this is called Chameleon Skin by the Flatliners you know punk kids I think they are I gotta check I gotta remember this I think they are from yeah Canadians from Richmond Hill Ontario me up in your chameleon skin because I don't want to remember who I've been yeah that was exactly what I was feeling like at that time like you know just wanted to disappear I talked about that quite a bit how I just wanted to disappear so much over the years because I just you know one of those where you just want to run away forget all your problems it's not how it works so that's one of my favorite songs by Corey Brandon actually Survivor Blues he always says it's his version of Born to Run but his two protagonists know that running won't do him any good because they can't run away from their problems yeah yeah um, yeah, and I just actually realized the uh, Flatliners just released the record like two days ago. <laughs> and funny story, I uh, ordered this record. Uh, hold on just one second. Oh, no, I love the chorus. Um... I ordered this record, and I got Cavalcade here. It was like 2010. I think that's the only record I have by him. I don't think I have Dead Language. Um, I don't. Um, I ordered Inviting Light, and I got like this off-Broadway recording of... I can't even remember the show. <laughs> it's like Kids or something like that. I'm like, that's not what I ordered at all. But yeah, you know, I still have it somewhere around here. I didn't give it away. I should have given it away to somebody who likes musicals. Uh, no, but... 
I really like the Flatliners. I think they're a really, really good band. They sound great. They're produced well. They write good songs. They have enough like different influences. They're not just like a straightforward punk band. They have influences in ska. They write you know good songwriting. They can be super heavy. They can be a little bit more inflective, like kind of what the Chameleon Skin is. <coughs> and here they are, 20 years later, they're still running too. Good for them. I think Cresswell's got a great voice as well. Oh, that will not be the last time you hear from the the, uh, the old uh, Flatliners on this uh, on this top five song of the week. I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. Jesus Christ, Brandon. Oh. And since we were talking hot water music. Um, this song is by one of their lead singers and longtime members, frontman Chuck Reagan. I talked about how much of my admiration of Chuck the other day got me in the mood. Um, let me get this up. Jeez. <laughs> this was the first song I've heard by Chuck. I hadn't really heard hot water music by this point in my life either, or I had, and I just hadn't realized it was hot water music. Um, so this was the first time I'd introduced Chuck and made me go down that rabbit hole of hot water music. You know, the offshoot acts of them as well. I mean, probably even the Flatliners I got into because of, you know, listening to Chuck Reagan live at the Shamrock and Roll Festival 12 years ago. Um, this song's called The Boat. I absolutely love it. I mean, like, you know, Chuck's just got such a unique power in his voice and a way to tell a story, and I think it's one of the truly great musicians of our time is Chuck Reagan. This is The Boat. I like that little, uh, you know, lap steel here. Colors fill the sky 
dark colors fill the sky, I'm drenched and feeling so alive. Yeah. Hell yeah. Life-affirming shit right there, man. You know, you know that I hear that's a cliche in some scene, like scenes and films and TV shows when it's raining outside and it's downpour, you know, cats and dogs, Noah's Ark shit. Going outside and it's like lifting your arms to the fucking sky to bring it in. Yeah. That's what this song makes me feel. Make, you know, life-affirming shit for me. Hold our breath and go down with the wish of just one last kiss to rest. Go down with the wish for one last kiss to rest. I love Chuck Reagan, man. Uh, what's that off of? That's off Feast of Famine, which is 2007. 17-year-old Brandon could have been listening to this, but he waited to be 20-year-old Brandon listening to this. What a jackass. <laughs> uh, like I said, song number two of the week is Chuck Reagan's The Boat from Feast of Famine. Um, absolutely adore Chuck. Not just as a, as a musician, but as a person as well. Good guy. Um, my next song is another Toronto band. I really have a thing for Toronto bands. If I can spell. I'm telling you, I'm going to survive. This next band, I saw them open for Frank Turner in Nashville, let's say about four years ago now. Um, and I'd never heard of them going into that show. Uh, me and my friend Bree went. And they were absolutely awesome. It was a six-piece band. Uh, but they were just infectious. They were fun. Like, they were kind of throwback. So, you know, they had a lot of influence, like a Thin Lizzy... Um, those type of bands from like the late seventies, or like mid to late seventies, are very like kind of straightforward rock and roll. Um, they still had like enough sense, kind of like in. So they had like also some eighty influence. So they take like multiple influences, throw them together here. Um, but the coolest thing about them was, like I said, it's a six piece band, and you can tell all six of them like the most fun they could ever imagine in their life would be playing in a band with those six guys. Like, you could tell, like, all six of them are having the time of their life playing music together. Like, you know, and that's that that's a huge part of, like, being in a band and stuff like that. You've got to enjoy playing with who you're playing with. Like, there's no... If you don't like who you're playing with, how the fuck are you going to... Like, I don't know. Maybe you can create some good stuff. I mean, Oasis hated each other, and they're fucking brothers. <laughs> then again, I don't really particularly care for Oasis, but, I mean, they got huge. I think they got huge because, you know... Controversy sells because they actually do kind of suck. <laughs> Fuck you, no Gallagher. <laughs> I fucking hate them. I don't hate Oasis as a band, but I do think they are not great as a band. I think they have some solid songs. Whatever. Let's stop talking about pieces of shit. Uh, <laughs> this is Sam Coffee and the Iron Lungs. Uh, I'm trying to decide. I know I had Back with the Gang as an opening song a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to decide. I'm trying to decide. I just wanted. I don't know. I was thinking about. And the fact that I just said thinking about, I'm going with Lately, which is off their newest record, which came out last year, called Real One. Great record. Got it. Uh, I got also, you know, Same Call from the Iron Lungs, the self-titled. The song is called Lately, and I absolutely love it. It's just a fun song. They're such a fun band. They're just an effectively cool band to be, like, kind of hang around with, I think. And they're funny guys on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. Well, I can't sleep in 
thinking correctly, they came out to that show at Nashville in like matching denim, like you know, some denim suits. Like they had like the denim like biker jackets, denim pants on. They were they were ready to fucking rock the house. They had a great time. It was a great show. Um, where was that? The I can't remember what where they played that show at. It was not in East Nashville. I think it was like south of Broadway somewhere. I don't know, man. I didn't care about Nashville that much when I was down there for like extended time. Uh, just, I don't know. It's just way too commercial. Every single bar is like, oh, this is Toby Keith's bar. <laughs> Shit. It's like, it's no different than the goddamn Alan Jackson bar next door. Psych, Alan Jackson's way better than Toby fucking Keith. <laughs> Toby Keith's kind of just a fucking douchebag in a fucking bad cowboy hat. I'm gonna get everywhere based by talking mad shit about nobodies. I love Sam Coffey. Good guys, great guys, wonderful guys. Um, I really wish they'd bring their ass back down to America so I can go see them live. And again, Toronto's not that far away. I can drive up and fucking watch them one extended week or something like that. If I have a couple days off or this falls the right way, I could totally do a round trip of Toronto in two days. Um, it'd be great to see them. I, I love those guys. Good guys, great guys, wonderful guys. Two great records. I haven't really ever listened to the original one. Uh, God, what was that? Gates of Hell? I thought it had a different, um, cover than that. I don't know. Whatever. Great band. Like those guys. They came out matching suits. Oh, I said, like, matching Canadian tuxedos. <laughs> they all have, like, yeah, they had, like, the Sam Coffee and the Iron Lungs, like, kind of emblem on the back. Pretty badass-looking fucking denim jackets. <coughs> But yeah, I was, I was, you know, happy that they played that. They had first time, they had just released, so this is a couple years before, uh, Real One, which was a really good record from last year. So yeah. And like I said, I guess I've been kind of in, kind of in a punkish mood the past week, because I guess Sam Coffee's not super punk or anything like that, but another band that's growing old with me, I think we're the same age, or roughly the same age. Uh, this is a band from Oklahoma City. They're called Red City Radio. Um, I discovered them probably when I was like 21, 22 and discovered them. Like, yeah, I found out about them and told somebody to sign them. <laughs> Barry Gordy. Um, uh, I can't remember. I think it was Pandora. I'd forgotten Pandora exists until right now. Played No One Believes in Moons and Goochers, I think is the name of the song by Red City Radio. I Don't Want My Children to Inherit a War That I Don't Even Believe In. Fair enough. So I'm like, okay, that grabbed my attention. And they were just kind of, you know, I was super like, kind of punkish then, so they had a very good punk sound. Um, they had four guys who could sing, which is cool, which is different. Um, I mean, sing, you know, kind of. <laughs> they had four guys who sang on the records. Um, two of them had good voices. The other two kind of just scratchy punk voices. <laughs> kind of like what I sound like right now. Jeez. Ah, but, um, losing my train of thought, yeah, the one left, they've released 
four or five records. And they just released uh, one a couple years ago called Paradise, which was good. I randomly found it at Use Kids, which was cool. I have that one, and I swear I've got another one. I think I've got their self-titled. I think I do. I can't remember anymore. Anyway, they're called uh, Red City Radio. Very good. A lot of influences from Metal Axe. It seemed like a wild uh, live show. They're on the list of going to see them live. Still haven't. They've been on the list for 10 years now. So, what am I supposed to do? This song is called Love a Liar by Red City Radio. I'll never know just what you see in me Don't you know you should love a liar But if you want to take a chance on me I can tell you that my heart's on fire for you My bitch, my little, my queen Give me just a little time to show you what I mean When I tell you that I love you and I don't want you to leave But this energy is killing me I'll tell you what we need right now I think we just need each other To the point, and they kind of just, you know, I mean, it's just wild. I don't know. I, I have such a cool attachment with music. Like I said, they've been growing old with me. I found them at 21. Their music's kind of evolved enough to be guys now in their 30s playing stuff like this still, and still, you know, kind of having different problems than what they dealt with 10 years ago. So it's kind of cool to be in that same boat. Like Red City Radio, one of those just solid good bands, you know, representing Oklahoma. They've got a couple really good records. Yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, I have, uh, yeah, I have Paradise, I have Red City Radio. I don't have the danger of standing still. So, you know, good for them, still trucking. I know they lost their bassist a couple years ago, who I really liked. He was, he was one of the guys who could sing, like, actually had a good voice. <laughs> uh, I don't know, they're still trucking along, man, so good for them. Uh, Ah. That was song number four, wasn't it? Yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to figure out which song I hadn't played. This song, um, a little bit out of place, I think, this week. Oh, this song won an Oscar in 2011? 2010, 2011 for Crazy Heart? Uh, that movie with Jeff Bridges. I've never watched it. I should watch that. It seems like a movie right up my fucking alley. It's one of those very introspective songs, or not, not introspective, retro, I guess a retrospective and introspective, you know, kind of looking back at your life and whether the choices you've been making are the correct ones, or maybe not so much that. It's probably one of those where you know you haven't made any of the correct choices. And, uh, I don't know. It's one of them. I think it's one of the true beautiful songs it's by Ryan Bingham. Um, is he a Texas guy? I think he's from Texas. Or is he a California guy? I should look that up. Uh, the song is called The Weary Kind. It was a bonus track on Junkie Star. 
And then, like I said, came out in Crazy Heart, won an Oscar. Good for him. Oscar award-winning Ryan Bingham. I think he's he's an actor now. He's kind of a, he's a little bit of an actor as well now. He was in um, that Christian Bale movie that was about like a, a war with uh, Native Americans. Or what was that what it was about? I can't remember anymore. I don't think I ever watched it. Or I put it on one day and didn't watch it. But he was in that. I think he's in the Yellowstone TV show now. Um, Peacock is fucking garbage, man. I have, like, the TV in the other room. Uh, it's still playing. Like, it's probably the end of it. And Peacock has no control over volume whatsoever. Like, so, when they're in the studio, it's fine. But then they play, like, the little music to go out. And all of a sudden, it's like I have it turned up to 10,000. Peacock needs to figure its shit out. It's been, like, two years, and they've been nothing but garbage. But... <laughs> it's time to turn it around eventually. Like, their coverage is garbage. Like, they really have. Like, I remember when I first got into soccer, I started to get off a different tangent, and, like, NBC Sports got it. It was so great. You could watch... All you had... Like, if your game wasn't on TV, all you had to do was go to the NBC Sports app, you could watch any game. And then they went behind a paywall. You know, fuck you, money grubbers. But at the same time, you kind of get it. You know, that's that's quite a service to be giving away for free when, you know, every other sport... Uh, basketball, hockey, baseball, all have that same thing. The NBA package, baseball, whatever, NFL Sunday ticket. So at least it's it's got a uh, it's got a you know comparative thing that they can go off of. But then they went to Peacock, and then you could if the game was supposed to be on Peacock, you couldn't watch it on NBC Sports. Um. And then vice versa, if the game's on NBC or USA or NBC Sports, you couldn't watch it on Peacock. I'm like, what the fuck is the point of Peacock then? Oh my god, they're so stupid. Why do companies just be stupid? Just be smart. That's my advice. Every single day I tell people, don't be don't be dumb dumb. Be smart guy. Be smart person. Be smart. Don't be dumb dumb. Be smart smart. <laughs> anyway, this is the Ryan Bingham song. It's called The Weary Kind. I think it's 2010. I love playing the song guitar. Your heart's on the loose. You rolled them sevens with nothing to lose This ain't no place for the weary kind You called all your shots Shooting a ball at the corner truck stop Somehow this don't feel like home anymore This ain't no place for the weary kind This ain't no place to lose your mind This ain't no place to fall behind Crazy heart and give it one more try. It's one of those songs that when you listen to it, you kind of, uh, I can definitely picture myself 
our picture, the character, kind of at the end of the bar, kind of soaking away his sorrows, kind of reflecting on every mistake he's ever made, and kind of wishing to kind of have the chance to go back and do it all again. It's one, like I, said, I think it's one of the most beautiful songs ever written. Playing your guitar, sweating out the hate. The days and the nights all feel the same. The whiskey has been a thorn in your side, it doesn't forget the highway that calls for your heart inside. Whiskey has been a thorn in your side that doesn't forgive. This ain't no place to lose your mind. This ain't no place to fall behind. I do like the hope, though, in that last line of the chorus. The whole pick up your crazy heart and give it one more try. You know, it's down that last drink and, you know, get back out there. Get back on that horse one more time, you know. Get thrown off again, you know, you'll just be right back where you are right now. At least give it one more shot. And uh, definitely get that, you know... As somebody, like when he's talking about his suicide issues, has said, <laughs> you know, you can always kill yourself later. <laughs> That's always an option. I heard uh, um, Mark Marin and uh, James A. Caster did their podcast this week. And Marin was talking about that, like when he talked about his suicide stuff. So he's like, you know, it's like, I can always do it or something like that. It's always there. It's always an option. And, uh, you know. Pick up your crazy heart and give it one more try instead. And that's exactly kind of how I can uh, view myself um, as doing a few years ago in St. Louis. When I was in St. Louis thinking about driving out there with no idea if I was coming back type. Um, um, you know, looking out over the Mississippi River and deciding, you know, what are you going to do? Are you Should you just go ahead and do it? Or... Are you just going to not do anything about it and just continue just to be miserable? Or can you pick up your crazy heart and give it one more try? And that's where I'm at right now. I've given it a shot. And here we are. Um, well, we're like, we're pretty fucking close to two years. We're like a couple weeks away. Um, three weeks? I think, yeah. It's a, it's a Saturday. It's uh, the Saturday I'm going to the Crew Cincinnati game. That'll be two years sobriety. So, hell yeah. Good job, Brandon. We're well past 700 days at this point. I'd should bring up the I'm supposed to do I, I keep telling myself every week that on Sundays I'll bring up the calculator before I even start and I'll have which day it is of sobriety so I can always keep you informed I don't do that do I I don't think I've done it for weeks now <laughs> I think it was 69 69 696 I think it should be 696 anytime 69 is in the number you should say 69 <laughs> nice <laughs> and I guess I'll leave you with that um not nah, um yeah, so, you know, remember when it always gets rough, you should always pick up your crazy heart and give it one more shot. Give it one more try, man. Because, um, like I said, at worst, you're just 
right back where you are. You, you know, if you really think you're at rock bottom, with, if it can't get much worse, why not just give it one more shot? Because you already know where you're going to go fall to. So that's maybe that's my advice for you this week is from is to steal Ryan Bingham's words and tell you <laughs> pick up your crazy heart and give it one more try. Uh, thank you again. Hopefully Wednesday my voice will be a little bit better. I feel a little out of it still. I know my uh, voice will go into this mode every once in a while. <laughs> I tried to do it that time and it roasted it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I'll be back Wednesday with the Bruce Springsteen the song of the week. Um, and other ramblings about what else is going on in the world. I think I'm going to... I had a, I forgot. I was going to watch something. And now I can't remember what I was going to watch. Well, fuck it. Then I guess it's not important. Um, anyway, thank you so much for listening today. It's been the Sunday podcast of Monster 8 the Pilot, the podcast hosted by me, Brandon. Um, if you are enjoying the show, please like, subscribe, share, support. Um... Uh, Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies even. If you hate the show, tell your enemies. They'll, like, listen to it. Make them miserable by having to listen to me. <laughs> um, yeah, if you ever have suggestions, please reach out. If you ever have questions, please reach out. I'd love to answer anything. I've had a few, and um, I haven't answered them yet, so... <laughs> I keep trying, I, I keep in my head and I say, oh, we'll get to a certain, like, level of questions and then I'll start answering them. And uh, I should just go ahead and answer them, whatever. We're already at the end here. Uh, thank you once again. It's been Sunday. I've been Brandon. You've been you. Um, I'm available on Stitcher, Amazon, Radio Public, Google, Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. Available on video form on Spotify. Losing my fucking mind here every Sunday and Wednesday. Unless I get COVID, then I'll do a special episode those days, too. Uh, yeah, like I said, thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for understanding. I will see you on Wednesday. Have a great beginning of your week. Peace out. I have a zip tie on my finger. <laughs>